serious Pacific Northwest, this is Normal Paranormal. Contacting the spirit world by accident and then on purpose. These old brick buildings, I swear, they're up to no good. Stay tuned. All right, we are here with Jessica tonight. Jessica, how are you doing? I am fantastic. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Erica? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. It's the end of the day. It's nice. How are things where you are? What's going on there? You know, it's like a breezy 75 degrees and sunny. It's wonderful. Mm. Sounds delightful. We're in Portland and the um, smoke from the wildfires is sort of clogging our air right now. It has come from every direction (laughs) and just like created this haze around the city, like British Columbia, California, our own Columbia River Gorge, like everything. Somewhat apocalyptic. (laughs) So could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do and how your day-to-day life unfolds? Sure. So uh, again, my name is Jessica. I'm originally from the Midwest. And for a living, I'm a a digital designer, product designer by trade. Uh, On the side, I like to DJ house music um, for different parties and clubs and venues. And, uh, you know, just go dancing and feel the music myself. Outside of that, I also am a political activist. I try to be really active in my community and just be really conscious and aware of things going on around me. So that's kind of a little background on my personality. Uh, Currently, I'm living on the West Coast. I moved uh, out here from the Midwest, so kind of experiencing a whole new world right now. It's pretty crazy. How long ago did you move? Oh, just like two weeks ago. So super recent. So your place is probably still full of boxes and are you doing this on like a crate? it feels (laughs) like vacation. That maybe is how you feel, but maybe not because you've been working. Yeah, not as much anymore. And to to Adam's point, um, you know, our mattress is just on the floor right now and that's where I'm sitting, just hanging out. Fun. (laughs) Like college all over again. I love it. Yeah, it's like going back in time. I, I know that tonight is not about time travel, but. <laughs> well, I do want to start with your stories. So I feel like just looking over my notes here, all the stories that you have to share with us take place in the same place. And so the way I'm thinking about it is sort of this like Russian nesting doll effect almost of um, different experiences, maybe encapsulated within each other. And so I just want to invite you to tell them in any order that you want. And I can't wait to hear um, the details that I don't have here because I have so many questions. Perfect. Yeah. And you know, it all happened so long ago that I might have to jump around quite a bit within my stories. Feel free. Perfect. So this building, it, it was a historic old brick building. And, uh, Before my mom purchased it, which was back in like 2000, uh, I was probably 10 years old at the time. It 
it was a daycare before she bought it. And then uh, the building before that, I'm not quite sure what it was used for exactly. Um, I think it was warehouse and deliveries, maybe some sort of offices, but like just real old um, brick building, early 1900s. And uh, my mom purchased this building with the intent of of owning a daycare center, uh, having staff, having kids come in. Previously, she had done a home daycare, so she wanted to kind of branch out and really see what what she could do with it. So, you know, this building was the perfect opportunity. It was already perfectly set up to have kids coming in every day. And my parents went for it and got the building. And uh, it was pretty normal initially. There weren't any issues. And I really honestly can't can't remember when any of the paranormal things started happening. You know, when we, we viewed the building, I went and toured it with them. We didn't feel anything. We didn't get any weird vibes, you know. It, it's an old building. Yeah. They just kind of have that certain feeling to them in general. So, um, yeah, that's kind of the background on how this, this entity, this building came into our lives. That's so interesting. It's this big new adventure and, you know, sort of taking a risk and just like a movie. <laughs> oh my gosh, yes. Like a movie. You, It doesn't feel weird. It feels perfect. This like big step in your life. You're entering the next phase. And then I don't know how you're going to finish that story. Yeah, what but... happened next? <laughs> yeah. So like I said, I, I don't remember exactly when things started happening and I'm sure my mom had these moments of like, I have to be crazy. This is not, you know, this is not a paranormal thing. It's just an old building, whatever. But there were these instances of of toys going on and off on their own accord. You know, lights would flicker. Just these little things that, you know, they can kind of make you feel crazy. Like, oh, it, it, this toy just went off on its own, you know? That happens. It's not a big deal. Uh, but then I think I think it really started to hit her when um, she heard these, these voices that weren't there. Like, when she would go in on the weekend to do work on the building, there were no kids there. Um, this was on a business streets so th- there were no kids walking around no no families nearby and she would just hear laughter like like little kids laughing uh, in her building when no one else was there what so creepy and i cannot imagine what it was like for her the first time she heard that like that is just oh it just gives me shivers thinking about it i was getting shivers just from the toys <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> really. And I think it it all came together when the kids who were attending the daycare started talking about these, these people that weren't there and these kids that didn't exist. And they started talking about the monster in the room, which, you know, it's kids they say these things and you can't always take it super seriously. But when all of this kind of happens together within this one building, it's like, how do you deny that something is happening, right? 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you've had an experience yourself, and of course I'm talking about your mom, having an experience and then having it confirmed outside of herself um, through the kids talking about their experiences, right? Like it's easy to question yourself when something weird happens, but when someone else independently tells you a similar or creepy story that happened in the same place that, oh yeah, I, yeah, I would agree. There's no denying it. Well, and it's almost like creepier because it's kids telling you it and you never know what's going on in a kid's brain just in a normal day. And then all of a sudden they're like, they're usually so honest. Well, that's yeah, definitely. But then all of a sudden they're like, I'm playing with these imaginary children and there's a monster in the room. That would scare the crap out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I wouldn't be back to work the next day. Did she ever tell the parents? I honestly have no idea. I think some of the parents knew about it. Um, I know the staff for sure knew all about it. But, uh, you know, it's not really something you want to advertise, like haunted daycare, <laughs> bring your kids. I don't know, if we're in the right city. Yeah, the right crowd <laughs> might be really into that. True. It has to be a, a real specific market, I think. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what were some of the staff experiences? You mentioned that. What did they see or hear or feel in the space? Yeah, there's one story that really sticks out where one of the women who was working there, she was sitting with kids down in the um, toddler space in the basement, which, by the way, that's where most of the paranormal uh, activity happened, was in the basement in a specific area of the building. No idea why it was concentrated there, but, um, you know, these kids were playing and one of the kids comes over and sits next to the, the teacher and just looks terrified. And so this woman is like, you know, what's wrong? Are you okay? Like, what's going on, sweetie? And the kid just looks at her and says, there's a monster in the room. And she looks back and just says, oh, what monster? Where do you see it? And just dead-eyed, this child says, it's sitting right next to you. <laughs> oh, my Did anything happen? Nothing happened after that. Like, the kid was upset for a while, and then they went back upstairs, and everything was kosher. But, oh, my goodness. (laughs) Like, the kid looks so, so serious about it. Mm. I I don't even know what I would do in that situation. That makes me wonder, like, I don't know. What do you think it is about kids? Obviously, in this space, like, a lot of people of a lot of different ages— had experiences, but sometimes I think like maybe, I don't know, can kids see something that we can't see or are we born with like this ability and then we somehow like sort of lose touch with it? I'm wondering what your thoughts are on that. I think kids are more open to that sort of sixth sense. Um, I think some more than others. And my mom told me that the kids that had the most reactions to whatever was going on in the building were kids that were uh, Native American. And she thought that maybe something to do with their culture and their heritage and having that really close connection to the spiritual world might have been sort of the reason that those kids were especially affected, which I think is really fascinating. Hmm. So your mom constructed this whole theory about, well, 
kind of what was happening, what she heard, what she was kind of gathering as information, and then why certain people were experiencing it. How many years did she work there and operate the daycare? Uh, 14 years. So quite a long, a time. long time. Did this happen the whole length? Yes. Wow. Yeah, this is a culmination of years of this happening. She told me plenty of stories. She said there would be kids who would be off in a corner sort of playing with an imaginary friend or a kid that they could see that no one else could see. Um, my niece, actually, my niece went to my mom's daycare. Uh, she had to be seven or eight at the time. And she had this experience where she had come inside to get a snack or use the bathroom or something like that. And um, she walked around the corner of the basement where the kitchen was and she went into the kitchen and she saw uh, an adolescent boy there who wasn't one of the kids who attended the daycare. And my mom said that is the most blood curdling scream she has ever heard in her life was my niece reacting to this entity that was there. Whoa. And she just ran down and the kid was gone and they couldn't find him. Whoa. What, do, what did they make of it? What did they think it was? I, I really am not sure with that. I mean, they, they told me that they had experiences with a little girl that they would hear laughing. Um, they said that there were some stories about an adolescent boy of some sort. And then, uh, I guess like a, a more aggressive spirit that was like an older woman. So those were kind of the three that over the years they they sort of put together as being present in the building. What do you mean by aggressive spirit? The kids described her, the kids who saw her said that she was the mean lady. She was always just the mean lady that was in one of the windows. And when the psychic came, she described there being two uh, a couple of really gentle spirits and then one more aggressive spirit that was sort of, you know, pushing back on the on the gentle ones. So you had a psychic come in? Yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. I'll start by saying I do believe that there are people who have more of a sixth sense to that kind of thing. Now, whether or not this woman was 100% legit, you know, who can say? But sure. I, we, we, we did have some interesting stuff happen. So basically my mom threw a psychic party, which you can do if you didn't know that. You can um, <laughs> hire <laughs> a psychic. One. Yeah. This weekend. There you go. It's fun, a fun birthday party or something. And you, do, you have a psychic come and she will sort of read the room and read the people and kind of... Um, tell you this or that about the spirits in your life, which I honestly, like, as far as that part went, I wasn't super sure that I was believing everything, but she seemed really in tune to what was going on in the building. And while the reading was happening, just the lights in the main room that we were in just started flickering on and off from nothing, which... You know, that can happen, you know, coincidence maybe, but you have a freaking psychic there <laughs> and the lights start to just flicker as she's talking about the spirits around you. Like, oh my gosh. I'm going to put that in the, that would make me think it's real column. Mm -hmm. 
Was your mom really bought in too? Oh, totally. I mean, she worked there for such a long time and she's had all these experiences. So I think she really felt it. And we've also had quite a few um, deaths in the family on her side. So I think there's also that aspect of it, of just wanting to know that maybe there's something else out there and there's something beyond death. Hmm. So you've got the psychic in the room. Yes. The lights start flickering. (laughs) Wait, were you there? Yes. What was the psychic doing? You said she was reading the people and then and then reading the room, or I guess set the stage. Was it palm reading tarot? No. Um, She supposedly is is the type that um, like if you had suspicions that your house was haunted, you would bring someone like her in to kind of feel what's going on and tell you what's happening with the spirits that are there. Um, she would kind of tell you if they were aggressive or nice or what kind of feelings she got. And then as far as reading people went, um, that was a little different. And she would kind of talk about like the whole thing of, have you lost someone in your life? Was it this type of person? Here's who I think it is. Here's, you know, they might be sort of attached to you and, and popping in and out of your life or something like that. Hmm. What'd she say to you? I think she had said I had um, my grandpa who had passed away a while back. She told me that he would uh, was around me often and um, liked playing tricks on me. And he was the reason I kept finding um, change and stuff all over my floor of my car and this and that. And, you know, stuff that was, it, it was a little more specific and a little less of a, something I felt was really genuine. Um, hmm. But when she got to, to reading the room, that's when it, it was like, I, I really feel like she knows what she's doing here with, with what's happening in this room. What was happening? Yeah, tell us more. Okay, so she confirmed about, you know, like I said, that we had gentle spirits and there were aggressive spirits. Um, but also there was another woman who worked with my mom um, and she was having an issue where she believed she had an aggressive spirit, a very aggressive spirit living in her home. And she believed that that spirit was uh, targeting her daughter. And so they had a very serious talk um, after everyone else had sort of started clearing out. And um, that was kind of crazy to see, to just see her go from this sort of party entertainer to very direct and very like, I can feel what's happening. I'm very concerned for your daughter. I want to talk more about this. Um, so that was really crazy. I can imagine. Mm, yeah. But, okay, so the the Russian nesting doll thing again. Like, your mom purchases the building. All these experiences happen within a span of 14 years. The psychic party happens somewhere within there. Um, and then... I, I find this part of it so compelling and I can't wait to hear like the details of this choice, but you wanted to have an experience yourself. What was that like? I will say that I am fascinated by paranormal stuff, but it also scares the shit out of me. 
So I had a friend in high school and he was really into ghost hunting and he had bought some equipment and he had done a lot of research and he had um, gone to a few places around town that were haunted and, you know, done stuff with that. And so I'm like, hey, my mom owns a haunted daycare. Why don't we go there after hours and see what we can find? Like, how cool. And so I was totally down for it because, you know, we were with a, a small group of people that I trusted and um, we were there for the sole purpose of experiencing it. It's not something that was just going to jump out and scare me out of nowhere. So we decided to go late at night. Uh, we probably went at like 10 PM or something around then. And we had a tape recorder. Uh, he also had a EMF meter. That's how you know it's legit. Yeah, exactly. Where does someone get an EMF reader? You can get one on Amazon. For real? Yeah, but back yeah. then, like what year was this? <laughs> okay, this is probably like 2009. I mean, so you maybe. You probably get it yeah. on Amazon. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I mean, I have no idea where he got it, but um, he brought that along. For, for the listeners, can you explain what an EMF reader is? Uh, I can do my best. So <laughs> I don't know how it fucking works either. Pushes up glasses on nose. It's it detects the presence of electromagnetic frequencies. So it has um, antennas on it that measure different types of currents. And uh, you know, if if you were near like a TV or a microwave, you might see a jump in the meter. Um, and it's used to detect when those jumps happen and you're not around anything that should cause it to jump. So it's kind of a change in the energy. So this is some legit Ghostbusters shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty cool. So we we had the EMF reader and we had the tape recorder hoping to get, um, to, to catch something, some sort of sound, something going on. Um, so we we kind of, just explored the building for a bit. I showed them, uh, kind of told them a little bit about where my mom said the bulk of activity was happening uh, and gave them a tour. And so the, the first thing that happened um, that was kind of odd was we had walked to um, the toddler room on the main floor, and that was right above the room in the basement that had the most activity. And as soon as he got through the doorway to that room, the EMF reader just shot up. Um, as far as I knew, I mean, it was an old building, but there was nothing around um, that area that should have caused a spike to happen. So... We were pretty excited about that. And we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. And, you know, so then- You were excited? I would have yeah, ran out of the room. There was- I'd be like, I'm done. I mean, I guess you're used to it. But. <laughs> yeah, I was used to the building and there were four of us. So I felt a little safer that we were all together. But, so then we go to the basement because he's like, okay, we got to check out the basement now. And um, so we go downstairs and he has this bright idea of like, we're each going to sit in a different room and call the spirits out to us. And I was like, hell no, I'm not sitting in a room alone <laughs> with the lights off. But um, we tried that and 
<laughs> How did that go? Nothing happened. So that was pretty uneventful, although I was terrified the entire time. And so nothing else was really happening. So we decided to leave the tape recorder in the, the room where all the stuff was um, going on. And we're like, all right, let's go down the road. We'll get uh, some burgers and give it some time to just record sounds and see what happens. So we left it in the daycare for maybe 45 minutes to an hour. Um, and we came back. It was uh, maybe midnight at this point. So we came back and um, somehow they convinced me that we were going to listen to this tape while we were still at the daycare to see if we could hear anything. And so we were listening. It was nothing. And it was nothing. And then we got to a part where we heard these sounds that sounded like um, like a nice nice pair of men's shoes walking on a wood floor. And there's a wood hallway that leads to that really active room in the basement. And so it just sounded like tap, mm. tap, 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 which was real creepy. And we had a skeptic in the group and he was like, you know, I feel like we could recreate that sound. It was probably uh, a door creaking or something. And we're like, hmm, maybe, but you know, okay, let's keep listening. So we keep listening and then we get to the next point and oh my God, the hair on the back of my neck stood up so tall. You heard the little girl laugh on tape. Oh my God, shut up. <laughs> yeah. And it was so, so insane. I mean, it 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 sounded like a little girl just, just laughing into a microphone, you know? Like close? like in the same room sort of thing, like close enough. And it, it was very clear, but it was also sort of distorted in a way that sort of made it sound um, not echoey, but like, like it was being filtered or something. I don't even know how to describe it. And it was- Like ethereal? Yes, yes, exactly like that. That's how it, that's exactly how it sounded. And you know, this building, it, it was on a, a, a business road. It was busy. Um, there, was, there was just no way that there could be a child outside of the building for that to catch on, on tape. And the building was a brick building, not even um, right up against the road. So it's, and it's midnight. Like, there was just no explanation. Nothing. Yeah, sound was not getting through that wall. No way. Oh, that's terrifying. So we were all at that point just like, okay, that was really cool. Can we leave now? I need to get out of here. <laughs> this is like 1230 in the morning at this point, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd want to get out of there too. Me too, because it is creepy. And I wonder why it's so creepy because like, I don't know. Is there anything threatening about laughter, especially like a child's laughter? Like- I wonder where the idea comes from that that's real threatening. I don't know. I, I mean, it's so interesting too that it happened, it like waited for you to leave for it to show up too. Like, you know, you hear a lot about like the witching hour is like two to three in the morning. So it kind of makes sense that I guess later, the later and later that it got, the more likely you were to sort of experience something, I guess, if you're following mm -hmm. you know, the statistics, yeah. I guess. Um Hmm. So yeah, you finally had that experience where 
you had heard it yourself and you were there. You weren't there to hear it, but you were there to play it back. And you're like, I'm getting out of here. So what happened next? Like, did your parents just like finally get rid of the building? Did they sell it to some unsuspecting <laughs> folks who had no idea what they were in for? Um, they didn't get rid of it after that, but they did get rid of it uh, maybe three or four years ago. It just got to be too much of a burden to take care of. And a hospital in the area was buying up all the property. So they were able mm. to get a good deal from the hospital. And let me tell you something, okay? They bought the building. They tore it down, I think, last year. And they're already rebuilding on the land. And I'm like, okay, if, if this daycare truly was haunted, what is going to happen to the spirits with this new building on the land? Are they still going to be there? Are they going to haunt this new space? Like, how does that work? What do you think? I have no idea, but I... To be honest, I've been so tempted to like next time I'm I'm back in town, if if the building is open to see if I can go in there to talk to people and see if they've experienced anything. Like I would love to do a follow up and just see what the people there have to say. Mm. Sneak the reader in. <laughs> to get the EMF reader from Amazon <laughs> right in the hospital doors. My money is on Haunted Hospital. That's that's my money. It seems perfect. It also should become a television show. Haunted Hospital, <laughs> CBS, Fridays. We don't mean to make light of it. We totally respect this oh, story. No, absolutely. And I am curious, like, about your draw to it. Like, what do you think has, you're talking about, like, even now, like, you wanted to get out of there when you heard the recording, but now you want to go back. What's your draw to this, this kind of experience? My whole life, I've been really fascinated by the spiritual and the paranormal, and I always felt that maybe I had some sort of connection to it. And um, I just, like, experiencing that in real life, it's just so different than reading about it and seeing it on TV and, and, and all of that. And, you know, it's it's scary, but it's a thrill in a way. And at this point, I feel like it's just you know, it's my life story now. It's part of our family. It's something that we dealt with for many years. And I think it's just such an interesting story that why not follow up on it? You know, if the daycare is now gone and we no longer have that, I want to follow up and, and, and see what its legacy is. That's awesome. Yeah. What, what would you say, you know, you said you've, you've been interested in paranormal things your whole life. What do you think started that? Was it the daycare or but even before that? I think I I have a natural um strong naturally strong sense of empathy and I think that has something to do with it but also we I experienced um death in the family at a very young age and then another death and another, and it it happened when I was so young and often enough that I feel like it really had an impact on my life. And my question of what is life, what is death, what happens to you when you're gone? And um, I think all of that together, and then also being brought up in more of a religious household, that all kind of led me to this fascination of the paranormal and what it could be. 
it's really difficult for me to to tell these stories and not sound totally ridiculous. You know, um, there have been times when I've been telling people like these these real crazy things happened and they go, oh, me too. I have this story too. And then, you know, it kind of snowballs into this, this just silly thing. And it's, I don't know how to put into words how real this was for us. And I encourage people to sort of take more of an interest and to not, um, discount the possibility of what's out there. You know, uh, it's, I am a big believer in, in science and, you know, what, what kind of studying what we do know about the world, but I also think there's a lot we don't know and let's not discount it. It's fascinating. It's interesting. Let's, let's explore that. Mm. Well, thank you so much for yeah, thank you. sharing your example of that. I mean, I think, I think one of the reasons we do the show is because we want to talk about these things more openly. Um, your story is incredibly unique, but lots of people have stories, you know, themselves that they've experienced. But they can't explain. And they can't talk about either, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, and I think that, uh, yeah, this is just really cool. I, I hope you go back. <laughs> I want to hear. We would love to follow up. I will definitely let you know if I make it back there and I get to talk to them. Well, thanks again for being on our show and we'll talk soon. Yeah, hope so. Hope so. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Well, looks like I'm not buying a daycare anytime soon. Was that something you were planning on doing? Well, if I was living my dream as the protagonist of an 80s horror flick, I might try doing what Jessica and her friends did. Yeah, her story just has this really cinematic quality to it, doesn't it? It hits all the beats. You buy the building for a practical purpose, it's old, weird things start to happen, and then the high school kids come in and try to catch it all on tape. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, I was half expecting them to end up on the roof talking to Gozer. Is that a Ghostbusters reference? I'm a big Rick Moranis fan, Erica. Okay, great. Well, (laughs) I wanted to tell them that they were stupid. Like, no. Don't try to record the ghosts. Just like you'd yell at the screen in a movie theater. But actually, what I did find interesting is the subtle difference between this story and our other guests. You know, all the other folks we've talked to, their stories were done. But we just ended right where we could start the sequel, Mm -hmm. when she goes back to the former haunted ground, and it's now a haunted hospital. Yeah, and it sounds like she wants the haunted hospital to happen so bad, and as long as it doesn't involve her having to break her ankle or something to get there, I fully support this. I would like to hear how the hospital visit goes. Me too. But what if she gets there and the kids are still hanging out and laughing in the halls? So what? Why is laughter so threatening? It shouldn't be. It's just kids. Mm. That shouldn't be something we're afraid of, right? Do you want to know what I think? Sure. I think that we've all just seen too many horror movies, and we believe that's just one of those cues that we're supposed to be afraid. It's almost cliche. When the lights flicker, and you hear a child laughing, and you're in a Victorian house, and it's raining, those are the conditions for something creepy to happen. Maybe. I don't know. Is it Hollywood telling us what's creepy or is it Hollywood exploiting fears buried deep inside of us already? Like fears that pop up when something feels unsafe. For me, it's sort of a which came first sort of thing. 
Were we made to be afraid or were we already afraid? Hmm. I guess that's a good question. Because now that I think about it, there is a situation in which you could be afraid of someone laughing, which is the scenario. You're already afraid. Your nervous system is in overdrive and your heart's beating in your throat. And then somebody's laughing? That's a power move. Yeah, only someone that has power over you in a situation could be laughing because you're terrified and vulnerable. And maybe that's what's so terrifying about it being a kid. Like, why does this kid have so much power over me? As adults, we want to feel like we're in control. But this is a situation where everything is out of our control. I guess paranormal experiences in general, actually, you may have sought the experience out, but at the end of the day, it's something that happens to you. Yeah, and like in the daycare, it is terrifying when a kid says something is happening to them. You work there. You're supposed to be protecting them. You can't see it, so how can you do that? I hated babysitting. Parents would be like, what happened? How did my kid get this bruise? And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Your kid was like, I'm a Power Ranger, and then kicked the other one. I mean, just because I was standing there doesn't mean that I could stop that from happening, right? Even when I was the babysitter, I felt completely out of control and it was scary to me. And maybe that's why it's a similar feeling when a kid says, there's a monster sitting next to you. Why can this kid see something that I can't? Can they? Let's see what our listeners have to say. Did a kid ever freak you out? Or were you the wild child in the story with the sixth sense? What does your babysitter say about you behind your back? Tweet at us at NPN Podcast and let us know with the hashtag RealWeird. Thanks for listening. And as always, make sure to subscribe to our weekly show on your favorite podcast app or on our website, npnpodcast.com. See you next time. is a super secret club production our theme music is by the envy core visit our website npnpodcast.com or our twitter at npnpodcast for updates